You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. Good evening, intrepid audio explorers of Brooklyn, and welcome to another edition of B-Side, your source for the new sound of Kings County. Now, imagine for a moment the year is 2050. Beaches have been discovered on Jupiter's moon Europa, and you manage to secure a voyage on one of the interplanetary shuttles, and upon arrival, you check into the nearest beachside resort. When you make your way to the beachfront lounge, my guess is the music you'll hear will sound something like tonight's band, Uni Ika Ai. Emerging through melodic landscapes of boundless possibilities, this dream pop sensation creates a beachy atmosphere that feels at home on any celestial body you might find yourself on. I'm your host, Rachel Pasden, and I have Uni Ika Ai here on Earth with me and all of you. So stay tuned for music, conversation, and cosmic connections. This turns into Maya, can you introduce the rest of the band? Yes. On guitar, <laughs> Peter Lalish. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> on drums, Charlie Kasinich. And on uh, synth and bass synth is Tom Dice. And, and where are you guys located in, in Brooklyn? Um, oh, we all live, we're all neighbors. Ah, yes, actually, <laughs> Charlie, Pete, and I live across the street from one another. Oh. Yeah, in Kensington. Okay. <laughs> in Kensington, south, south of Prospect Park. Where do you guys rehearse? Close by? In Gowanus. Okay. And how long have you guys all been in Brooklyn for? I moved to Brooklyn in 2010. 11 or 12 years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and when did the, the Uni Ika I kind of form? How many years ago was that? Mm. It started sort of percolating about four years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think about three years ago, Tom joined, and it and we named we named the band. I feel like once we named it, and then we we made a record. 
it was real. Yes. It became real at that point. Yes. But before yes. that, I mean, you guys have been in so many bands and all of you guys have been in many bands together and so it's all kind of been a long time coming in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And before all of this, I'm just so curious, like, did any of you have musical families? Like, where where did it, like, really begin? Like, what was the, like, real starting point? I know that my great-great-uncle <laughs> had a, um, a jazz big band in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, and there's, like, sheet music that I have somewhere. For decades, it's, like, um, tone deaf, generations of tone deaf. It's a recessive gene, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad plays the harmonica. <laughs> and, and the penny whistle. He, he, when, when we would drive to school, he, like in the compartment in between the two seats, he would keep like a bunch of penny whistles all tuned in different keys, and then lots of harmonicas in different keys. And he would just like be playing while he was driving. And of course, as a young kid and teenager, I'd always be like, ah, stop, stop. <laughs> but he has a great voice. So. What was the first instrument you picked up? Piano. Piano? Yeah, piano lessons when I was a kid. And did you dread that or you just loved it immediately? Dreaded it. I, I liked when I was able to just like free play, but once the like regimented practicing came in, mm -hmm. sort of lo lost the lost fun interest. a little yeah, bit. The fun. But yeah, so piano and then I played violin when I was a kid. Oh wow. But don't anymore. But I still have my violin. <laughs> Could you? If you picked it up? Uh, with lessons. Yeah, but no. No, it's like screeching. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no violin. And then when did you pick up guitar? Um, summer camp. Yeah, like 11 or 12. I had a counselor at the camp who taught me, oh, what is it called? It's a Nirvana song. <laughs> Somewhere 11. over, somewhere <laughs> under the, under the bridge. Something it, in the way. Something in the way. It's like. Oh, it's a heavy song. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he taught me Counselor something in the was way. Counselor was fired. Later. <laughs> yeah. No, but we changed the words, so okay. it was like <laughs> animals dying. <laughs> Probably <laughs> animals right. Dying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what do you like to play the most still? Um, guitar. Guitar. But but you're letting Pete do that, so. She's letting me. <laughs> She's like, you can do this. No, no, no. We both play guitar in this band, though. I play minimally right. in this yeah. band. I, I like to play just on my own. I play. I like to play classical songs on the guitar. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. And Pete, and you also play guitar in another phenomenal band, Lucius. Mm -hmm. Are you just playing guitar in Lucius, or do you kind of like ever dabble with other things in that band? The only thing I'm not allowed to do is sing. He <laughs> has a great voice. No, but when I, I but I, I put that on myself. Okay. No, in that in that band I play guitar and keys. I play. I'm trying to. I'm trying to transition to playing keys more because it helps my stage fright. Oh. Yeah. I just can focus on more stuff. Uh, you can look down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was trying to, to say. People. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. And, um, I mean, how many bands have you guys all been in? I feel like it's a thing in, in New York. I mean, people are just playing in so many different projects all the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. So right before this, I was in a band called Laser Cake and Elephant. And uh, before that, I was in a band called Via Audio. And Via Audio actually shared a drummer with Lucius and a, shared a drummer with Pete's band back then, Elizabeth and the Catapult. So Pete and I have been in the same scene for a long time, playing in lots of bands for, I guess, at least, what, 12 years, 13 years? Mm. Tom actually filled mm. in for a gig. I was touring with another band, and he filled in for Lucius' gig, and Lucius had all their gear stolen. So Tom, on that day, yeah. Tom filled in <laughs> on the one day where all of our gear was stolen. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that. They came back. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. you guys have such signature songwriting. I mean, I feel like I know it's an, it's just always like the false, like, it's over. Nope. <laughs> it's gonna end for like another minute and then it's really over. But I love that. I love like where you guys play with this space of the end of the song that I feel like most mm. people are just like, okay, we're gonna end it. Who's, who's writing mostly in the band? Or how's that process work? Each song sort of develops a little differently. With our last record, Pete and I were developing a lot of songs together, and then Tom came in and added his voice to the mix, and some of this, like one song Tom wrote, and we added our elements, and it's a pretty shared experience, but I, I also bring a lot of skeletons that these guys help to so finish. super and, collaborative. Yeah. Do you guys feel that the songwriting process working in this band has been different than working in all of the other bands that you're in? Yeah. Is yeah. that pretty unique, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. to, to write in this like super collaborative way? It's nice. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of trust, I think, with, with this band. Um, we, we did a writing retreat for the latest record, which was really cool. We just got together in this ranch house and, and um, maybe we all had voice memos on our iPhones and shared them with each other and kind of just trust each other to, to kind of finish the song in a way that we all liked and it's great when that works out. And it's totally, I mean, do you play different roles when you're in another band? Are you kind of like the person that's like 
sitting to the side and is there a leader like what's a typical writing process do you feel like for the other bands that you're involved in in most of the bands that i've been in i've played a very supportive role so i've been like a, a player in someone else's band it's like totally their vision mm -hmm. and then a band that i played in when pete and i first met it's called bobby a lot of the songs were all written but then as we started to make the new record it was like Every song was written out of a jam. Like we, we just all set up, started playing, and then, so my experience in that band was very similar to this one. Oh, okay. So it was sort of like, you just like let it flow through you and whatever is, is really clicking. That's what ends up being the song. Yeah, I mean, to, to be on a writing retreat and to work in that way, right, is to just like take a lot of space to sit and like, brainstorm ideas together and it must make it a little more difficult than just having you know a system where it's one person just kind of this is what it's gonna be right do you feel like that makes it more difficult or actually easier mm. I, mean, I think it's a little bit of we're all trying to interpret each other's sort of abstract ideas mm -hmm. and some might be more clear like a voice memo might actually catch your ear and say, oh, I can hear like a really cool melody or I can hear like a kind of beat going on or maybe there's a repeated line. I mean, that's a role I really enjoy playing in this band is sort of hearing someone's initial thing and then interpreting. I'm still interpreting. <laughs> and, I en and, I, and I enjoy what that. What does and she I, mean? <laughs> yeah, and, but I, out, of, out of like, you know, respect for Whoever is singing or writing them, you know, it's when are you called upon, like, like Thomas saying, trust. It's like mm -hmm. the level of trust that mm -hmm. I think we all can go to each other and say, okay, I've gotten this far. Can you help me interpret what I mean? I don't even know. You know, I think we're in this band because it's sort of the ideal band for all of us to be in. Uh, let's talk about your very interesting band name and the origins of the band name. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, the band is named after a food dish that I grew up eating. It's a Japanese food dish. Uni is sea urchin and Ika is squid and they're mixed together in a bowl and it's very, it's, it's, it's all about texture. So it's like the uni is very creamy and the squid is chewy and it just makes this like perfect food blend. What's the I? I, it means to come combined. Yeah, it's okay. like to come together. It also means love and um, yeah, it's like joining together. Cool. Yeah. And how did that, I mean, where did that come from? Oh, the name. The Why, how do we just, yeah. oh, oh my gosh. We just, like, lists and lists of band names that none of them felt like the right one. 
Okay. And we were like, ugh, we just won't name it for a while. And then <laughs> we were visiting my parents in Ventura, California, which is where I grew up. And that's where I would eat Unaika Ai. <laughs> and we were eating it and then we were like, oh, <laughs> let's just name it that. And it was <laughs> like, I don't know, it just clicked and uh, no one can pronounce it, but that's just what it is. So I know that you used to be a personal chef mm. and like that actually was part of, you know, food is like a big part of your yeah. life. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I love food. I'll, I love all, all, all sorts of food. Mm -hmm. um, when the band that I was playing in before this one that I'm in now, mm -hmm. it was called Bobby. Mm -hmm. It sort of like disintegrated and it was a hard time and I sort of like swore off music. I just totally stopped playing. And I, I've always loved to cook and I was like trying to think of things that I could do to make money. And I, I've been cooking since I was a kid. I would like make my parents breakfast in bed all the time, and, like make them weird dishes. So I, it, I, it sort of like Returning happened very something. naturally. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of like yeah. filled some space that you needed of like yeah. joy and like feeling creative and yeah. all those things. Yeah, I w so I was able to cook anything I wanted mm -hmm. in the job that I had. And mm. so it was like, I had free reign. Do you feel like that yeah. triggered your like falling in love with music again, like being able to come back to it after that break? Yeah, definitely. Does that happen often? I mean, do musicians kind of like go on hiatus for a while? They, they decide to just like sell all their instruments and give up and come back to it. I mean, is that kind of like a, a story? Like? Yeah, I feel like we have a lot mm. of friends that have mm -hmm. gone through that. I certainly felt that for a while. Mm. I was playing in a band for a long time and touring a lot and left that band and decided, because I do a lot of visual art, sort of just, mm -hmm. my, my family are all visual artists. Oh, okay. And, um, and for a year I was like, no music, just gonna make a living, design album artwork and doing posters. And, and I was like, oh, I thought making money with music was hard. I can't do it. So I went back to music. But I did feel like, I, I, it, I mean, probably similar for you, it was a shift in my brain, um, sort of like rotating the perspective a little bit. Mm -hmm. you know, similar process, just mm -hmm. refreshing. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's also, it gives space to realize that, oh, like music actually, I miss that in my life. It's actually something that's really important to me. Songs, so many new songs. Mm -hmm. You guys working on the new record? Mm -hmm. yes. Where's that? What what stages is that in? Someone, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone said, mentioned this recently that really rang true, which was the last ten or five percent of a record is like so much harder than the first ninety percent. Ah, so yeah. um, we are. So close. It's in the home stretch. Yeah, we're in the home stretch. Yeah. You're in that five, ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. And why is that so difficult? I mean, because it's just perfecting. It's just like really trying to like make it as perfect well, as possible. When it's done, it's, it's yeah, it's done forever. Right. 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 <laughs> it's like no, it's not done forever. It's just chill. But you know, right. Gotta, you got to commit at some point and, and just say, all right, 
this is it. This is like how it's really mm -hmm. going to be. And mm -hmm. yeah, finishing finishing that last bit can be the the hardest, the most uphill part. Do you feel like writing the record is usually the the easiest part? We had this interesting introduction to re recording together. Our first record we worked with a producer and engineer named Dan Goodwin, who's just a, a genius and a sweetheart and was just so nice because we went up there thinking, oh, let's record a song or two. We don't really have many songs and we'll see how it goes. And we ended up coming away with a full album, like seven songs in like four days. Whoa. So it was the, almost this fluke thing that really sparked this this energy in the band. It was, it was such a unique, extreme way to make a record for the first one mm -hmm. without much thinking. It was very mm -hmm. intuitive. And who did you guys record this forthcoming one with? We worked with our friend Dan Malad. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. What else is, I mean, he's done so much. Mm. Dan, right? And yeah. like Dan is P Pete, your partner, and Lucius. Yeah. And Tom and I both have been in different bands with Danny, Elizabeth, and the Catapult, and yeah, Audio, and Danny did a lot of production in those bands. Mm -hmm. And he and I have produced Elizabeth Records since we both have gotten kicked out of that band. <laughs> so we've made three more records after that. So. <laughs> But yeah, he's, he has his own project now, a solo band called Chimney. Mm -hmm. And he just produced a really great record. He, he really feels, I, I think both of them in certain ways, Dan Goodwin and Dan Malad, really feel like when you're working with them, it's like another band member that you really trust. Or another band member that maybe you fight with or like whatever. <laughs> and it's okay. It's totally okay. So yeah, we were really fortunate to Yeah, they're like equally um, an, another artist yeah. contributing to yeah. your band. Yeah. So yeah, we love both of them so much. Um, well, we have a I through LPR Presents and you through Unique I have a show coming up together in November that I just wanted to tell everybody in the world about real quick. Yeah. Uh, November 15th at Nimpool. Next chance to see this band live. Um, they'll be playing with an amazing duo from Chicago, Ohm. Uh, so make sure you check out that show. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Very excited. Um, okay, well, all good things must come to an end. It was a pleasure having Uniika Ai here with us in the B-Side studio. I'd like to thank them for showing us how creative individuals can come together to reach new heights, truly. If you want to hear more B-Side, you can check out past episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash bricktv. And the podcast versions can also be found at soundcloud.com slash b-side podcast. Or just come on by the B-Side studio to feel the love up close. I'm your host, Rachel Pasden. Until next time, good night, Brooklyn. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Alan Cole, Roe Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Moulet and edited by Emily Pogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio.